Previously on Just Cow in the City. COVID just ruined everything. E.T., Indiana Jones, and Porky's. Oh, I don't know. Sherlock Holmes teams up with Sigmund Freud to solve a murder. Hello, I'm in. Oh, you big man, huh? Do you know anything about cocaine? But the cards say we will be lovers. Then I got to follow Jim Gavigan. Let me tell you, these onion rings, they were fantastic. Hey, man, there's corruption in the police department. handsome guy and you know the plans he's making his only expertise is making a fuss of everything he sees he lives a life no one would ever believe and which is why they call him episode of Just Care in the City. It is a beautiful day in New York City, except for the fact that it is no degrees. Other than that, it is a beautiful, sunshiny day, not a cloud in the sky, and if you just were looking outside, you'd be like, I can't wait to partake of this beautiful day until you head outside and instantly get frostbitten, which happened to me today because I thought I actually went down, I bought a lottery ticket today because I was trying to break a 20. I bought one of those big lottery tickets, I think, for $10, which I normally never do. I usually buy a $1 lotto. And I'm like, ah, today, I'm going to do it. And I put it in my back pocket, and I uh, went to Dunkin' Donuts, and I thought I lost it. I was, like, reaching around, and I told the girl, I'm like, ah, damn, they're like, what's the matter? I'm like, I think something fell out of my pocket. I mean, how embarrassing to fall a lottery ticket out of your pocket, and you know somebody's going to win, like, $3 million on that thing. And I backtraced, I did it, and I all with my gloves off, because I was holding things at the same time. And still looking for it. And by the time I got home, I was just, my hands were completely almost frostbitten. And that's the way it felt. And that was only for being outside for 10 minutes. Meanwhile, I was in the elevator. I unzipped my jacket and it fell out of my jacket. So I couldn't have been happier because I was going to be like, this is really an unlucky sign. I don't, maybe I shouldn't do the podcast today. This is a very unlucky sign. But then when it fell out of my jacket in the elevator, I was like, you know what? This is a very lucky sign. So I don't know what I'm talking about, but welcome to the show, this February 7th edition, but recording on Groundhog Day! Then put your little hand in mine, there ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb, babe. I got you, babe. I got you. Okay, campers, rise and shine, and don't forget your booties, because it's cold out there. It's cold out there every day. What is this, Miami Beach? Uh, I hardly. 
And, you know, you can expect hazardous travel later today with that, you know, that, uh, that blizzard thing. Oh, that blizzard thing. Mm -hmm. That blizzard thing. Oh, well, here's the report. The National Weather Service is calling for a big blizzard thing. Yes, yeah. they are. But, you know, there's another reason why today is especially exciting. Especially cold. Especially cold. Yeah. Okay. But the big question on everybody's lips. Yeah, their chap lips. On their chap lips. Chap right. lips. Do you think... Phil's gonna come out and see a shadow. Punks a Tony Phil. That's right, Woodchuck Chuckers. It's Groundhog Day. Yes, it's freezing outside, and I gotta tell you, tonight, and you know how, you know what I like to do on Fridays. It's the culmination of my week. It's my Sunday. I like to do the podcast. I like to watch movies. I like to stay inside. And tonight, it's Girls' Night Out. I'm going to uh, a, a house of one of my coworkers with uh, some other coworker girls, and you know we have a book club, and we're just having some wine and going over this person's house, and I feel like a homosexual, so uh, <laughs> I'm not, and I've been trying to cancel it all, not for that reason, you know I love girls' night, but um, I, I'm just trying to cancel because the cold, because this girl lives in Brooklyn, and it's a long way from the train station from the subway. And I'm talking to these other girls who I guess are 26 and they're, they're attorneys. And uh, I'm like, hey, uh, maybe, uh, you guys still, uh, it's going to be cold. And they're like, yeah, boy, we got to dress warm. And I'm like, uh, I guess they're, if they're not canceling, then I'm going to look like an idiot. Of course, I can pull the old man card and be like, my bones are stiff and I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm totally, I'm going to have to explain. Well, I tend to doze off on things like <laughs> I don't even know why they want to hang. I, during the week, they're like, oh, what about Friday? I'm like, oh, I, I made other plans. And they're like, what do you mean you made other plans? I'm like, well, I didn't think you guys really wanted me to come. And they got angry. So I canceled the other plans and I'm going to this thing, whatever. I mean, you know, it's not going to be a bad time. It's just it, if it wasn't cold, it would be fine. I just also don't like leaving the house on Friday. But we all know that even leaving the house at a, at a, a silly thing like this, is always a good thing because not only is it, of course, wonderful podcast fodder, but it uh, you never know. You never know what's going to happen when you leave the house. That's what I've always said, and that should be the name of my podcast. And it probably should. I should probably do something about that because it's important to tell people that are like me that don't like to go out and kind of get depressed and stay in. And Maybe it's not even part of depression. It's just about getting older and not having a family and not doing anything that you just kind of hang around. And so to let people know, you've got to force yourself out sometimes, especially if you live in New York city, you're kind of an idiot. I can't even imagine what it's like living somewhere that's not New York city. So somewhere where it's so easy to go out and talk to people right away. You know, I, I don't know what I would do if I lived, you know, somewhere in my sister's neighborhood or something would, I guess, like I said, when I stayed over there, I went to the Dunkin' Donuts and I talked to the girls there. So it's, very much like living here on a Saturday or Sunday for me, but it is a lot easier to interact with people here in the big city. It is true. And sometimes it is nice to get away. Well, you know how I feel about all this, but uh, last, and so speaking of last Friday, I got to watch two movies, which was fantastic. I did get to watch Megan, which, you know, I was dying to see. It just looks so Awesome. And it was just okay. I thought we were having a conversation. Yes, that's my review on Megan. Unfortunately, it's uh, just a typical, 
evil doll movie. And I, I just, I don't know. I had such high hopes. I don't know what I was expecting. But then I go back to that stupid, stupid orphan first kill, which I'm like, this is going to be stupid. And then I was pleasantly surprised. So I guess I shouldn't get my my hopes and expectations up for the movie. I'm, you know, for, for months after seeing that trailer, I'm like, this is going to be unbelievable. And we've all seen the trailer where that doll is doing that dance before she goes out and kills somebody. But then you're questioning, why is she doing a dance? And then you don't question it because you're like, well, who cares? The dance is working anyway. But then when you're watching the movie as a whole, you're like, I still don't understand why she's dancing. Meanwhile, the person she was going to kill is my friend, Ronnie Chang. He's a comedian. I didn't know he was in it. So that was good. But as far as a movie goes that it's any different than anything else, it's not. Uh, I'll, I'll probably watch it a dozen more times when it comes to cable. Maybe there'll be selected scenes, but other than that, it's, it's kind of like the Terminator. That's how it kind of ends. Um, I don't think it's a spoiler alert. It's you, you know that's happening. You know at some point that robot is going to have its mask off and it's just going to be a a TXI 3000 or whatever, whatever the Terminator robot is. So no, uh, nothing new is what I'm saying. And that's what I was kind of hoping for. But I've heard that they made it on a very low budget, which is, I still don't understand because I don't know how you can make a animatronic like that and have it low budget, but that's what I was told. And that's exactly what it is. There aren't, I don't think there's many people in the movie or whatever. And, I guess you were able to make it on a low budget. The other movie I saw, which could have been made on an even lower budget, except for its cast, because it takes place really in one room, is The Menu. People had told me about it. I had no idea what it was about. It stars Voldemort, or as they call him, Ray Fiennes, and Anne, Anne Taylor-Joy, I think her name is, from The Queen's Gambit. That little kid grown up from uh, About a Boy, John Leguizamo, Doing this off my head. Uh, that's all I knew. Oh, and um, Judith Light. Uh, you know, uh, Angela from uh, Who's the Boss? Which I can't believe she has a, a secondary career. But it is uh, very entertaining. It was good. Really good. The menu. I don't know if you've heard of it. I hadn't heard of it. People told me about it. They didn't tell me anything about it. It is a very... Would I be using the word esoteric correctly? You know how I'm bad at that, but... It's a, you can't really call it a black comedy. It's it's just interesting. And, you know, one of those movies that that you, you would, years from now, somebody will be teaching a course about it. Because in, in its, I don't know what you'd call it. It's a, like an art movie. Because it's, it's out there, man. It is out there. And I got to say, it was very good. And the ending was excellent. And it's the only way it could end, and it uh, was a lot of fun for for its wackiness, and it is wacky, and you don't think of it that way until I, you know, when I read the credits in the info box, I thought it was going to be like the island of Dr. Moreau or something, but it's very entertaining, and I'm glad I watched it, and I was very happy about watching it and reporting it to you, so... That was a, a good day. Two movies. You see, today, because I got to go out, I'm not going to be able to watch a movie. I'm very upset about that. I also watched On Patrol Live because my friend Evan produces that show, and it's back, which used to be called, oh, damn it, what was it called? Uh, Live PD, 
when it was on A&E, when it was the highest rated cable show. Remember, I went to the studios and met all the people and it was really great. And now they went to the they had to take it off the air for a while because of all the police nonsense, which, of course, is pathetic because all this shows is how good policing can work. And it's live. And yes, do they know they're on camera? Yes. But you can see these are the proper police. They're not derelicts. They're not troublemakers. They're they're, they're the way policing is supposed to work. So for the fact that they took this off the air because everybody was against the police is really pathetic because this is the only thing that should be on the air. And it was a huge ratings thing. So they put it back. I don't know what it's doing now because it's on the Reels channel. And I didn't know where that is. But I started watching it again because Evan told me about this one situation. And it is very entertaining. It's on Fridays and Saturdays, 9 to 12 on the Reels channel. Now they changed the name to On Patrol Live. But it is funny. And the worst part about it is you're sitting there watching and it's all these people that they're domestic violence or drugs or possible shootings or a high-speed car chase. And all these people that are you know, kind of gross, or not all of them are like that, but most of them are kind of gross and dumb. Uh, they all they all they all have like wives or girlfriends and they're so gross and I'm just like what come on man this guy's a junkie and he's got a girlfriend that's not fair it kind of bothers me a little bit so but <laughs> I'm like well would I want that girlfriend I'm just I just can't believe there there really is somebody for everybody I guess so I don't know. And speaking of which, this girl called me, that girl that I met that I brought to the show. In fact, I got a picture of kind of the outfit she was wearing. Somebody's wearing it in the news today. Uh, her name is uh, Allison Bree. And it's, it's the exact same outfit. So I can show you like with those weird triangular shoulder pads that I was telling you about last week. And this Uh, But this girl keeps calling and she's like, hey, I just moved. You want to hang out meet me and hang out? And she's like, and I'm like, no. And she's like, you know, I'm not going to keep asking. And I'm like, no, I I know. She's one of those last minute people. And, you know, I can't handle that. Uh, Besides, it was Wednesday and I was preparing for class. So I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that information. I mean, I know I would probably go out and meet her and she really wants to hang out a lot, but. I, 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 I need to be warmed up a bit, you know, send flowers. You know, I can't just get into it like that, you know. And the wooing and uh, stuff. But uh, I was already in. I was already in my pajamas. So we're going <laughs> to, I think it was 7 o'clock at night. <laughs> Remember, it gets dark at like 5 o'clock. So uh, I knew I was coming home on Wednesday. Wednesday, usually I do go out. Which makes sense, although now that I teach class on Thursdays, I although then it's late at night and I didn't have to ugh. speak. I mean, this was yesterday. I woke. I I didn't go to my mom's, and I knew that was the case. And I told this girl I could do this. This girl Stephanie was d- doing this interview. She's interviewing comics, and she asked me to come be interviewed. And last night, the first three were me and Dan Natterman, and this guy Nico White, great guy. And we went down, and she said, your time is 12.30 to 1.30. And, of course, you know, usually I'm very uptight because I have to teach a class five hours later. But you know how crazy I am. But I'm like, no, I can do this. I can leave early and then go to the garage and get the car and do all that stuff. So I did the interview. And, of course, they were running late. So it's starting to panic a little. That's where the diarrhea started uh, because of the stress. I didn't even eat anything. Well, maybe I had, what did I have? Uh, a muffin. Because I wanted to eat something. I don't want my stomach growling either. 
And then I did the interview and then I was talking and they're like, yeah, Dave, can you leave? We have other people. I'm like, oh, well, you got me going and now I can't stop talking. So that was embarrassing. And then I went to the garage and of course, I didn't even bother calling ahead. Usually with the garage, I call ahead, tell them I'll be there in a half hour and the car's there waiting. That's the way a garage in Manhattan is supposed to work or any garage. If you call ahead, your car is waiting. But I didn't even bother this time because I know I got to go downstairs and work with it. And, of course, uh, they brought me down and it instantly started because, well, I mean, thank God, right? But it's just I can't figure it out. So next Thursday when I take it, you know it's not going to start. So I don't know what the hell is going on with it. Meanwhile, this time it was in an even dingier spot. The This water and dirt was everywhere. I didn't take a picture. I didn't take any pictures this week until yesterday. So I was like, geez, I better start taking some pictures. Otherwise, it's not going to be a bonus show. And then last night, uh, all the pictures uh, came together, and I'll tell you that in a second. But yeah, the, the garage was so dirty and gross, and there were roaches all over the place. And I was like, ew, ew, ew. <laughs> and so I was trying to just get to turn on the ignition in the car and go, I'm like, I, I wish they wouldn't leave my windows open. I mean, I know cockroaches can't usually fly, but still, it's just such... And I was wearing new shoes that my sister got me that are supposed to be waterproof. So I guess that's good. But I didn't want to step in dirty water with new shoes. So it was kind of gross. And it didn't rain yesterday. Of course, it was perfect weather because I had my new rain shoes on. It started right up and I got there in plenty of time. And now I'm so into hanging out with these guys after class that I'd prefer to do that because my nephew writes, hey, are we going to the diner today? I'm like, I don't want to go today. So I met him before class because I was there an hour and a half early or even earlier. And I said, why don't you meet me at the coffee shop? Meet me at the malt shop, on the campus malt shop. So we met there for an hour, which was great. He told me that he got a call from to be a background player on Saturday Night Live this week. I'll let you know, or maybe you'll see him. I, I don't know whether he did it. He didn't answer back in time because he was in class which is a good excuse. He took a picture of both of our IDs and sent it to the family chat, which was hilarious because uh, it's just nothing funnier than that. You know, I got to hit kind of two birds with one stone. I got to see my nephew and then have a little cup of coffee with him and a cookie. And then it sounds like he's five. And then he came to the class to see what it was like. Just he didn't come. He, I, I couldn't let him stay. Normally, I would let him stay, but I didn't want him to stay because we were reading the assignments, and I didn't want people to feel like there's a stranger in the room at that time. So he hung out a little bit, met some of the kids, and and then he left. It was perfect because they came in because the the door to my class doesn't open electronically until five fifteen. So this time, you know, I'm a little more relaxed. I know how to set up everything. So I got in there about five, but then people were coming early. So they were watching me set up, which, of course, is perfectly fine. But now that it's been week three, I'm, I'm like, now I know what I'm doing. So it's OK. It's not that big a deal. So I can actually go in. But 515 is too late, but somebody will always let me in around five, which is perfect. I need about a half hour to set up where I feel comfortable. Meanwhile, it wasn't enough time because I really wanted to go to the bathroom, not just for peeing purposes I know you, it was a great podcast he always talks about his bodily functions i can't help it because then all of a sudden i just i i didn't eat anything all day i had two cups of coffee and a muffin and a, a half of a cookie and I, you know it just my stomach hurts i think from just nerves and stress 
And I'm just sitting there pretending it's not happening. There's no way I'm stopping to go to the bathroom. And I don't like to go to that kind of bathroom in a strange place anyway. And I'm like, look, I've done this every time since I've been here. I can hold this. I can work this out. It happens all the time. And I just pretend it's not happening. Which means there's probably no problem. It's got to be stress, right? Because you know... If you feel like you're not going to make it, you there's nothing you can do and you've got to go. And I'm like, no, nah, I can I can walk this off. That means it's got to be stress or, you know, nerves, which I don't know why at this point it would be, but that's the way I, I get nervous. I just want to have a good lesson. I guess I'm nervous, right? I'm nervous. I'm grading assignments. I just want every I want to be fair. I want to say the right thing. It is nerve-wracking. I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, those kids, I'm honest with them. They know it's my first class, and or maybe I just told them this week. And they're like, how is this um, class going to be graded? And I said, honestly, I really don't know. And so I was just honest with them, but they still seem to get it, and they like it. And I told them how I got the class. There's no reason. I don't want to lie to them. Uh, I think they're still into it because, you know, what happened yesterday is that, and I'll, you know, we read the assignments and it was really great. Everybody read them out loud. And then I comment. I'm like, that's, you know, and just doing the best I can. I'm like, that's terrific. And what you did there was great because you, you know, really captured the essence of this person. And this is something you can use later. And because somebody was talking, they, a lot of them did their old high school teachers. And when I say old, you know, from two years ago, uh, they remember because I can't remember any of mine. And I was like, you see what you did? That that professor you're talking about, the teacher you're talking about, your history teacher, is exactly, you just described Mr. Hand from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. So obviously, either Amy Heckerling or Cameron Crowe had a teacher like that, wrote it down, remembered some of the characteristics, and brought it to the screen. So well done. So that's the way I'm talking. I think that's the only thing I can do. Those kids are probably smarter than I am, so I just want to give out advice and do the best I can and praise them and try and just give constructive criticism the best that I can do. But everybody did uh, pretty good. I mean, uh, I don't want to say on this podcast, uh, <laughs> you know, some of the ones or one that is a little, I don't know what he's doing and I'm not sure how to handle it, but that's the problem, right? How do you handle like uh, like uh, this kid was eating in class and he was making noise like he was opening a, a butterscotch wrapper, and, and I'm like, I don't know, am I supposed to discipline this? What am I? What am I? This really? He doesn't know not to open up a rice cake in the middle of class while somebody else is talking, not me. Uh, it's very confusing. I'm like, is he doing that on purpose or so that kind of stuff is. Uh, the stuff you never think about as a college professor that there's a that you still have to discipline i guess i thought that you leave that in high school but it's just a little weird and I'm not sure how to handle it but anyway the kids were great and we read their stuff and then we went back into some of the clips and we i told them about there's a line in Clueless where she's like, oh, that's exactly what it means, Cato, where Josh is like, oh, would I ever stay over somewhere? I'm not welcome. She's like, that's exactly what it means, Cato. And I'm like, does anybody know who they're referring to about Cato? And this guy was like, oh, I think it's uh, uh, the Green Hornets sidekick. And I'm like, no, no, it's this guy. You know, They all heard of O.J. Simpson, but they never heard of Cato. Why would they? 
And then I explained to who he was and how popular he was back then. And I showed them pictures of David Spade doing them on Saturday Night Live and Martin Short doing them. And and I think I think that's the fun of the class is explaining some of the 90s dialogue that was taking a risk, I guess, back then in like, will this be, will you be able to know this reference 30 years from now? Which I guess you just don't, you take a risk putting out a movie for the moment and hope for the best. And then I told them my story about Cato, which I think they would appreciate because it's fun to put the professor, I guess, uh, to tell their your experiences. I, I think I think I would like that if a professor told me a, a personal story about meeting one of the guys they reference in the movie. But who knows? You know I tell those kind of stories all the time. I You guys seem to like it, so why wouldn't they? You're know, hanging around my best friend, Cato. <laughs> and then it was weird. It was, I was going over what we're doing next week, which of course is Notting Hill. So excited. I said, well, we're a little early, but uh, you guys can go. That's it for today, <laughs> which is always even funny to say. That's it for today. <laughs> All of it is just funny. It's like a, like a joke. It's so weird, but, uh, but they all stayed. Nobody left. And I'm like, well, we could talk some more. Nobody wanted to leave. I, I couldn't be happier. And it wasn't cold like it was today. Like they were just staying in. I, I think they're enjoying the class. I think they are happy there. I, I don't know. I, it feels that way unless I'm missing something and they're mocking me somehow. But I, I'm enjoying it. And I think they can see that I'm enjoying it. And I'm getting fired up about talking about the funness of it. And I'm really excited for next week to talk about Richard Curtis and how brilliant he is. And I mean, I'm I am really having a good time. I think they are too. I heard from a third party source that the, one of the kids is definitely enjoying it. So I couldn't be happier about that. And then I think about my the rest of my day, which is problematic in the sense of uh, I just got like a tax lien. You know, I'm having these IRS trouble, which I it's all my fault. It's nobody's fault but mine. I guess I owe a lot of money. You know, COVID really messed me up. Good. And they just filed taxes, so I'm like, well, what am I going to do? So that's my whole day, so I'm thinking about that. And then I'm like, it's funny being a, a college professor, but you know, when we think about our teachers having normal problems when we're growing up, whether it's a professor, especially when you're thinking of a college professor, like, well, this guy's got it all together. And they must make, you know, a college professor must make so much money. You know, as a kid, that's what you think. We all know a little better, and if we know high school teachers don't make... We know just through movies that they have personal problems, but when you're in it and you're young, you're just thinking of your teachers always having it together and this whatever they're doing, and then, of course, you realize later they're just regular people, and that blows your cover. So I was just thinking about that. I'm like, they don't even know. I'm in so much trouble. <laughs> but at least for that hour and 40 minutes... It's a good time and everything's good with the world and we're just talking about movies and having a good time. Trying to enlighten these kids and hopefully they uh, remember this years from now. Oh, I had a wonderful professor when I was in college and he told us all about this stuff and let's hope, right? That's all we can do. Meanwhile, as you know, on Thursday nights, I love going out having a beer or something after the show i've been really it's i said to that my friends i'm like what's up for tonight what are we doing what place are we going in uh this montclair area i'm i'm just watching there's a building across the street from me with terraces 
you know, little tiny terraces. That's where they, they have the smallest terraces in Manhattan that everybody, you know, some people are lucky enough to have. But then you have to say to yourself, is this sturdy? Because <laughs> it just looks like a, it's a slab of concrete, you know, the, uh, outside the building. That How can this hold up? And there's a little dog walking around it. And, of course, it has a little, I mean, I think that dog could squeeze through. It, it's, it's freaking me out. I'm sure it's fine and that dog's not an idiot, but, you know, he's right on the edge of the thing and I'm sure he's been out there multiple times, but watching it happen is, there's no way he can squeeze through, but I mean, I guess if if he wanted to, see, I'm looking at him now and it looks like he's looking out the the hole. I'm sure that person knows what, what they're doing. He keeps walking around. Now he's going inside. That's good because it's making me feel better. Okay. <laughs> yeah, now she picked him up and taken him. Okay. Because I, I, there's no way he could have uh, fallen off, but it, it's still, it, when you're watching it, you're like, come on. Because there's little holes in the fence. So anyway, I'm, I'm distracted by looking out the window, which uh, is fine because, like I said, I love looking out the window. Could have recorded this where I'm not looking out the window, but the distractions are a fun New York City distraction. Am I right or am I right? The unfortunate thing is I don't remember what the hell I was talking about. Oh, I was talking about going out after, which is super fun. I know I'd go from rags to riches. So this time we went to a place called the Belmont Tavern, which was only annoying because uh, they're like, I, you know, I put it in my GPS and it says you got to take the Garden State Parkway. And I'm like, ah, oh, come on. How far away is this? If I got to get on the parkway. But it was, it was about 20 minutes away. But that's all right because it was actually in, what, what's it called? B- Bloomfield, not Montclair. But it was a great choice. I didn't know. It's an Italian restaurant. It's not like a bar. It's an Italian, re- an old school Italian restaurant. The checkered tablecloths, the whole thing. Everybody in Jersey, I guess, knows about it. I never heard about it before. So we go there. They take cash only, which of course I didn't know when I went in. So thank you again, Glenn. Like, I mean, I did pay something this time, but I certainly didn't pay enough because I didn't. There's no sign in the door. I saw it later that said they take cash. I'm never prepared with cash unless I know for a fact they only take cash. So thank you, Evan and Glenn, for uh, picking up the slack because I only had $30 in cash with me. But it wasn't much more than that. I think it was another 10 It was so cheap. It was so ridiculously cheap. Jersey. I, have a, I took pictures of the menu for the bonus show. I took pictures of all the food. So meanwhile, again, so <laughs> we go in and we're just waiting for some seats. And I order a glass of wine. I wasn't sure. I was going to have a martini. And I'm like, what am I doing? You know, I don't want to get crazy. I'll have a glass of wine. I said, I'll have a glass of red wine. That's all I said. And they're just like, okay. Not like what kind of wine. So it's not that kind of place. So I guess it's the house wine. Well, it was disgusting. And it was it tastes like it was fermented or whatever. And, and I'm like, well, who cares? You know, that I asked for this. So I don't care. I'm going to drink it anyway. And when we talked to the waitress after, my friend Evan goes, yeah, that wine is awful. But he doesn't know. He was just rousing her, I guess, for no reason. Then she goes, well, it's like, well, you know, you have that first one, and you're like, ah, eh, whatever. And she's totally right. I think I had three of them, because who cares? I knew what I was getting into. I was not expecting quality wine from this place. This isn't uh, the Tuscany Steakhouse on 58th Street or anything. So it was fine. And then we sat down. 
behind a phone booth. For, like there was an old-fashioned phone booth in there. Meanwhile, it was like freezing for some reason. And we first, I think we started with a salad, which was delicious. It's like a like garlic lettuce. It was so good. So when we were ordering, we're like, wait, those guys are idiots. Not, uh, I'm so angry because I just want to order my own meal. But they're like, no, it's family style. And I'm like, is it? Maybe it is, but it, it's not. So I don't know. I was just angry. I just want to order my own thing. And they have something they're known for there, which is called Chicken Savoy. Yeah, that's what it was. Chicken Savoy. It's called Stretches Chicken Savoy. The name of the chef who invented it was... And everyone was telling me what it was. It's like, it's a vinegar chicken. I'm like, that sounds awful. And I want to get my own thing. But then I'm like, if we're sharing everything, then let me try the quality. So we got two orders of that and an order of, what's it called? Shrimp beeps? Yeah. Now, those shrimp beeps were unbelievable. I don't know what the beeps is, but it was fantastic. That chicken Savoy, which came an hour later, was not that great. The chicken was dry. You got to put it with the sauce. It's just not what I want. It's the, the, the chicken it's got on the bone. I fucking hate that. So I was really disappointed in that. But everything else was great. The little the salad was really good. I ordered the baked clams, and they were delicious. And that shrimp thing was great. And then we're just sitting there waiting for the chicken, we're like, uh, hello, because my friend Evan hadn't eaten because he's problematic because he's like, oh, I can't eat gluten. I can't eat this. I mean, he looks great because he lost a lot of weight. He's not drinking anymore, but it's annoying to go out with other people. I mean, he's never been a burden about it. It's just like if you're ordering to share, those are the worst people to share with. And I hate that. I just want to order my own dish. And the lady's like, you guys haven't gotten enough food. And I'm like, wait, I thought it was family style. We ordered three dishes. She's like, yeah, it's family style. You know, it all comes out when it's ready. And I'm like, do you even know what the word family style means? Because I think we're having a miscommunication here. So you guys just didn't order enough food. I, it was so weird. So we ordered this thing. Me and Glenn ordered this uh, baked ziti. What, what was it? Baked uh, ziti with pot cheese. That's what it was, pot cheese. I don't know what that was. Evan said, don't get that. And he was wrong again because we're, what are we listening to a guy that doesn't eat any of this stuff? So Glenn and I got it. It was goddamn delicious. It was delicious. And thank God we got it because that chicken never showed up. And the waiter was like, where's our chicken? I'm like, oh, right. Uh, see, what happened was, oh, come on. She's lying. She gave it to the people next to us by accident, we think. Well, we, you had your thing. We didn't want to keep piling on. I'm like, right now, we don't need the chicken anymore. We're done. But obviously, I wanted to try it since it's the place special. But it's so annoying, you know, nobody can get anything right for Dave Juskow. You know, it seems that there's always something. I Talking to Glenn, I'm like, yeah, they're going to hear about this in the podcast. But, but that's so uncool. I mean, come on, just bring it out already. Bring it all. You just said family style. What do you, I do not know what family style is. I mean, she was very nice and everything, but it's just the whole thing was stupid. We really waited at least a half hour after we finished everything else. For it to come out, and it wasn't very good. But Evan ate most of it because he was starving because he didn't have anything. He couldn't eat the pasta. And uh, maybe he had a clam. I can't remember. And we, I, I think he had some of the salad. You know, with those dietary restrictions, it's the worst person to go out to eat with. So I don't like sharing food, but again, this was okay because I certainly didn't want to eat. But I, I, I can't recommend that chicken i don't know why it's the special it's stupid really the chicken was dry and 
I don't know whether it's always like that. You just got to keep covering it with the sauce. I mean, the sauce was very good. That's a vinegary sauce. You know, I, I want a red sauce. They don't even have chicken parm. I would have just gotten that. Or like, I wonder what the chicken parm's like here if they're so special. But these kind of places where they're all like, oh, you got to get this. You got to ah, shut up. I'll let you know what to get. And what I'm going to tell you right now, get those shrimp beeps. Whatever the hell that was, that was the most delicious thing I ever had. The next time I go, fuck that stupid thing they're known for. I would definitely go back there. I would get that ziti with, what is it, pot cheese? <laughs> and those, I, I would get like 10 orders of shrimp beeps. Right, Glenn? Oh, my God. Those were amazing. I don't know what they were. I don't know what sauce it was, but they were absolutely unbelievable. Shrimp beeps. I've never heard of it before. The menu is weird. They don't have dessert. You know, they're just old-fashioned. Everybody's angry. And uh, they have great pictures on the wall. We took a bunch of pictures. So that should hold us over for the bonus show, even though it's just one day of picture. I also took a picture of me on campus, like walking, because they have church bells that go off on the hour. So it's exciting when you're walking through the campus and then they have the church bells going, which is always it makes it uh, exciting. Like the music I like to play uh, from Trading Places while you're walking through the campus, the little orchestral campus fall music even though it's winter so then i left there and i before i left put some did i put no no i didn't put any power steering in the in the, in the car i put it in i should have put it in before i left the garage i put it in before i left camp no i put it in that's what i did i put it in after i parked the car on campus and kind of let it settle and by the time i took it out at night it, i think it was already gone so i went I stopped at a gas station, picked up some more power steering fluid and some zingers, <laughs> which are like chocolate cakes with filling because I needed dessert for all the garlicky stuff and some chocolate milk. I had to have something sweet. It was driving me crazy and it, it just balances everything out. So I had like just two of those and a chocolate milk and then Put the pow- and then put the power steering fluid in my car, or vice versa. I can't remember. I think I pretty much I drank a lot of power steering fluid, and then and yet didn't have any diarrhea. So my stomach is hilarious. What it chooses to uh, get sick about. So I put the power steering fluid in, and then and it clearly needed a whole bunch. So that leak must be getting just worse and worse. But it was so much easier to drive back into the city with that. And it is hilarious just opening up the hood every time. And that's never going to last. I've got to get it fixed. But I just don't have the money to do it just yet. And I can't. I just don't have time to go to that guy anymore because I used to go on Thursdays. And I got to leave it there for a day if I'm going to do it. So I just keep putting the power steering fluid in for now, which is just hilarious. I don't know why. Uh, but at least, yeah, it worked, and I you could just feel the difference. Because it was really hard to make left turns, and it was hard to pull into the parking space because, I, I mean, shouldn't it? Shouldn't you be able to drive a car without power steering just because it just has regular steering? Power steering is, is a delight, but it seems like you should be. But, boy, is it tough. You really got to – it's a good thing I've been doing push-ups every morning because otherwise I don't think I would have been able to make a left-hand turn. It's very difficult. But uh, I got to say, it was uh, another excellent night. And then when I get home, it's exciting to be done. Then, of course, I always know the next day I got to wake up and, and post to the kids. Here's the link. 
here's the assignment. I got to do it early before I even have coffee because I want them to, you know, in case they want to watch the movie early or something like that. So trying to be a, a, a good, productive member of the college. It's funny, you know, on Saturday, I I decided to cook dinner because I knew I was going to be in all weekend and I made that imperial chicken. I know I got to make a new dish, but I'm so worried that it's just not going to be good. But I know that would last for two days. And I went to the grocery store after work, which is, I can't even believe it, like at five o'clock, which is so rare for me. I usually like to go way in advance. And they didn't have green onions or scallions at the grocery store. And, and that wasn't totally necessary. I'm like, oh, you know what? I'll find. I'll go to the guy at the fruit stand that's right outside the fruit and vegetable stand that is right outside that place every day that I never go to. And of course, I walk outside the grocery store. The guy's not there. I don't understand why he. I mean, I must have not noticed he wasn't there when I walked to the store. But I mean, he's always there, always. I I don't understand on this one day where I actually was going to go to him, he wasn't there. The only time he's not there is when the temperature drops. What is it? It's something like, I guess it's a New York City rule. He can't be out there if the temperature drops, because I think he's out there even if the temperature is 100, but if it drops a certain level, I think he's not allowed to be up there. But it wasn't that, it was not a cold day. So (laughs) what are the odds? I'm like, dude, that's pretty bad luck. The one day I was going to be like, oh, stop that guy. He probably has some. I've seen him have some of that kind of stuff over there. And even if he doesn't, why wasn't he there? I don't know. And then, as you know, Sunday, I went to the office to work. So it was good not having to shower or anything, but I took the subway down there, and the subway was, like, completely crowded. I had this vision in my head, like, oh, at least it'll be a nice leisurely ride down there. And it was crowded on a Sunday morning at 7.30 in the morning. Who are these people? Where are they going? Who's crowding a subway on a Sunday morning? I, I still don't understand that it was shocking. Meanwhile, the office wasn't even open. You have to ring the bell for some guy to come out and open it because nobody's down there. They don't open the Starbucks in the building on Sundays. So I had to go to a, another Starbucks down the street, which was kind of gross, and it was so expensive. What did I get? A, I don't like Starbucks. You know that, but I had like a vanilla latte and a, and a coffee cake. And Oh, they didn't have that. I had to get something else just to tide me over and... What was it, like 12 bucks? It was pathetic. I was just really angry about it, and it was kind of a gross Starbucks, but there were no other choices. I said, next time I'm going to the Staten Island Ferry, and I'm just going to get a cup of coffee for a dollar that they just, you know, make in a pot and like a a Drake's Coffee Cake Jr. I'll do that instead. I have to go to the Staten Island Ferry Terminal to get coffee. Because nothing's open down there on Sundays. Why would it be? Who Who's the idiot who's working on a Sunday there? It was so stupid. But it was fun, you know, in the sense that my friend Rita was working too. And we had a nice time. And it was nice to talk to her. So we had a good time. And then I left at 1. And I, I think I took the bus. I'm like, eh, I'll just take the bus. And I made it home and watched the football games. I finished my work and then watched the football games. And it was... Uh, it was all right. It was okay. At least I got out of the way. But then I had to go to the office four times this week, you know, which sucked. Because you know what's cool? Working from home. Again, I'm still angry. I got to leave the house tonight. But on Monday, I went to the office. I got so much personal stuff done. It was fantastic. I had a plan. 
and I made a schedule. Every hour, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, you know, I'm gonna, I got mail. I got to worry about. I got to, I got to work on my Liberty DeVito interview, which was happening that night. The drummer from Billy Joel. I had to work on the Tuesday show, and I had each, and I had to read. So I want to finish this book, and I had to prepare for the class. So I had all that stuff I needed to do, personal stuff on Monday, and I got fortunate that no work came in. And so it was a really great day to just get – the day goes so fast. By 1 o'clock, I'm like, ah, oh, I didn't finish everything. I mean, I kind of finished – I mean, I really did stick to the schedule, which was awesome. But I also found this band as I was looking up Liberty DeVito stuff, and I touched on it on Tuesday, on the Tuesday show. And there's this band called Lawrence, and it's a brother and sister, like the Carpenters, and Gracie and Clyde Lawrence. Their dad is Mark Lawrence, who wrote and direct music and lyrics and a couple of other, maybe two weeks notice, I don't know, maybe a couple of Sandra Bull. I think it Miss Congeniality. And so he's got these talented kids, and they're terrific. I, I totally just got into them. Nobody knows about them. They're not totally well-known they make really good music videos she's a little sexy she dresses cute just cute and they have this one video which is terrific called it's not all about you and it's really funny and it's good and their singing voices are amazing and i think they just have fun with their friends and i really enjoyed their music lawrence with a w -W l-a-w-r-e-n-c-e lawrence band I don't want to list some movies you've seen I don't need to know you met a pop star You got a fancy new car, a favorite new bar It's not that I don't care about what you say But it'd be nice if it don't take the whole day looking at the videos like all week and they really got great singing voice they have one video where they're basically just singing in front of you like a like a live acapella thing or something it's they're very talented so it's cool but this girl like has been working and film you know because they have the good parents so i'm also jealous about them too but i was obsessed with them on monday and i'm like wait wait i gotta i gotta concentrate on this liberty devito thing meanwhile we got home and Alan and I interviewed Liberty DeVito, and it and you will obviously be able to hear this on Billy Joel A to Z in a few weeks, I think in three weeks, uh, and it was great. The guy was awesome. We had a great time talking to him. I think he would have talked longer. I didn't want to. We kept him for an hour, and I think he wanted to talk longer. In fact, later I emailed him. I'm like, thanks, and he goes, I think I had a better time than you guys, 
but he was good. He was pretty forthcoming. We we wanted to ask a couple, you know, more probing questions, but we were a little nervous. We know he's got a temper. If you've ever listened to me talk about him on Billy Joel A to Z, but we talked about that a little bit. And I think the interview came out great. I think you guys who like the Billy Joel podcast are really going to like it. And what an honor for us. I mean, that's that's really the best we could have gotten besides Billy Joel is Liberty DeVito. I mean, that's that's it. it you know, we could have gotten maybe we can get Mark Rivera or, you know, one of those other guys. But Liberty's the guy. Liberty's the second in command there for years. And he's Liberty is the guy. It's either Billy Joel. I mean, if you can't get Billy Joel. Liberty's next in line. He's the second lieutenant or whatever, you know? And he's there for all the songs, from Turnstiles all the way to Stormfront. He's in the studio when Billy Joel is creating his masterpieces. I mean, when we kept thinking about that, we were just, how do, how do we even ask him this? You know, how do we say what, you can only say, what was it like being there when he when he showed you scenes from an Italian restaurant, I don't think that was one of the questions because it's too obvious. We just can't even believe it. It's amazing, right? He was there, so that's the closest we'll probably ever get. I can't imagine we would ever get Billy Joel, but who knows? He's an oddball. Maybe one day at the end he would grant us an interview, which would really be a terrific culmination. But I got to say, until then, Liberty DeVito is an outstanding guest. All done by Alon just reaching out, and the guy was up for talking. And then we obviously want to go see the Lords of 52nd Street, and then we could probably stop by uh, backstage and say hello now that we know him, which is way cool. So that was really great, and I was feeling pretty good about that. And then, of course, Tuesday we had the show, and we found out about Cindy Williams dying, which is... I guess not unexpected. I mean, she's pretty young for 76 or whatever she was to die. Now the entire cast of Happy, uh, rather, Laverne and Shirley is dead besides uh, David St. Hubbins uh, from Spinal Tap, Michael McKean I'm talking about. Everyone's dead. Carmine, the big ragu, the uh, the guy that owned the pizza place, Phil Foster, his uh, Mrs. Babish, Squiggy, they're all dead. They're all dead, and they shouldn't be because that show was only in like the late seventies. I don't know why they're all dead. There was it, because I'll tell you why that play, that show was cursed. It was cursed, and now that Cindy Williams is dead, we know it was cursed. Meanwhile, it was just so weird because about a week ago I was just watching the conversation, which is I've talked to you about because I had just seen it recently, so now I watch it every time it's on. Which is a Francis Ford Coppola movie he made in between Godfather One and Two as a passion project because he had won the Oscar, so he could do whatever he wants with Gene Hackman. And Cindy Williams and Harrison Ford. Cindy Williams really good in it, and she's not... We forget sometimes that she was an actress. She was in American Graffiti. She auditioned to play Princess Leia in Star Wars. She was an up-and-coming actress. The What she did in Laverne and Shirley was not the way she was or anything. It's not like Penny Marshall, who was completely like that, technically. I mean, not totally like that, but I don't think we... It's not like she was putting on an accent, I think... Cindy Williams was actually acting because when you see her acting a different way, then you know it is an act. I mean, maybe she was like that and she, the other stuff was acting, but whatever it was in the conversation, she actually kind of plays the villain, which is interesting. And I just watched it the other day and I'm like, wow, I, I, wonder, what, uh, I wonder what she's doing. And then all of a sudden I see the ticker go by and, and she was dead. Dead, 
And she's never coming back, and that's that. As I was walking by, oh, oh that's right, I took pictures of Caroline's yesterday. So I wanted to see what it looked like. Tell told me to go by. Ah, oh, I forgot to tell him. The signs are still up. It's just depressing. And then, of course, they have the sign saying this. it's called Spin. Now, it's a ping-pong place. That's what the, the comedy club Caroline's is going to be coming. Spin, a, a, a massive ping-pong place in Times Square. You've got to be kidding me. And my sister, I'm walking by, and we're talking about going to see Funny Girl, the Broadway play with Leah Michelle. And she's like, well, you know, you got to go to the box office at one point and find out if you can get cheaper tickets than what SeatGeek is charging, which is about 800 bucks. So I said, well, you know, it's funny that we're saying this because I'm walking right by the box office now. Should I go? And she goes, yeah, I'll, I'll pay for them. See what, see what they got. So I kept her on the line. I went to the box office. I'm like, well, what do you have? My sister wants the first 10 rows. What do, you, what do you got? What are the prices? He's like, they're 395 apiece, which is so much for Broadway. She said, yeah, get them. So we're seeing that on April 27th. No, we're going on April 26th. Right, it's not a Thursday. Oh, right, because she's off every Thursday. Leah Michelle's off every Thursday, so we're going Wednesday. That's what it was. That's right. That's right. But we got the tickets. Boy, she's a real, I mean, and then I said, I said like, man, it's amazing. These are so far away. I can't believe she's she performs eight, well, I guess she performs seven shows a week. How is she going to be good on April 26th? You know what I mean? How could she possibly still be good i mean you know what i'm saying i mean that's that's such a that's so draining you know and i, I always say like oh man i don't really like going to the wednesday night show so you, you look at it like this all broadway's off on mondays usually so tuesdays they're coming back you don't want to see that show because they're just coming back they're gonna be a little rusty so i don't like to see the wednesday night show because they've done a matinee so then they're going to be like exhausted from the later show. So probably the matinee is best, but maybe they take it down a notch because they know they have to do another performance. But because she's off on Thursday, I said maybe she puts it all out there on Wednesday night because she has a rest on Thursday. So I'm looking at it that way because then Thursday you would say they're exhausted from from Wednesday. So technically, I'm in my head, I think that the actual best day to go see a Broadway show is either Thursday or Friday. I would say Thursday, if you're after two days, you're like, oh, thank God we only got one show today. This will be fun. Or Friday, but then Friday you could say, oh, God, we got two shows tomorrow. This is what goes through my head. <laughs> so I don't know. Then you would say Sunday, but then you would be – so I guess she's off two days a week, but good for her. And good that they told us she has a scheduled day off every Thursday because, again, I don't know how you do it. So maybe she does six shows a week, but still – that that's a lot of shows. Remember, Billy Crystal was doing that too, but but he was seventy over seventy years old. So I don't know. You know, when I'm thinking about it out of my head, I'm like, there's no way she's still going to be in this show by then. But she is, and we got these crazy expensive tickets. But the box office is the best going to the box office because you save a hundred dollars from fees and that stupid seat geek and crap like that. It's so horrible. You definitely want to go to the box office. I I think. You know, but they don't give you physical tickets anymore. So it was stupid. Like, you're at the box office, and then, like, we send them to your email address. And I'm like, I like to walk out of here with physical tickets. And the thing is, when you're there, you don't instantly, I'm like, well, I'm looking, I don't see it. He goes, well, it'll be in there in a couple of hours. I'm like, so you're saying I came to the box office, I just paid for it, 
And now you're saying, I, maybe it'll come in a couple of hours. I want to walk out of the box office knowing I've got tickets. I don't like this. I don't mind not having the physical tickets, and I don't mind using it on my phone, but it should come up instantly if they're going to do it that way. And then five hours later, I get an email saying, you know, I got the ticket. I mean, that's just not right. What's the point of going to the box office, except I think we got a deal now that I'm thinking about it. Did we? I don't know. I got to look at the thing again. Because if it's going by SeatGeek and you're just not getting maybe they charge, but I, I, I think they don't. I, I got to check. Going to the box office used to be the answer. But I like that you can talk to the guy and be like, you know, what's up with these seats? What seats are best? And he's like showing you the seating arrangement. So I do enjoy that. I haven't been to a box office pickup tickets in a long, I haven't seen a Broadway show in, definitely since COVID. So I don't know. But looking forward to it. Leah Michelle. I don't even know what funny girl's about. I don't even care. I want to see this girl. She's got an unbelievable voice. I think she's a little sexy. I think this will be a good time. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, have you heard any good news today, today? I want to hear what you have to say. Wait till I get Just a couple of things that are in the news today. There was a councilwoman who was, I guess, assassinated. There's no better way to say it. In Saraville, New Jersey, where I hang out often, especially with that guy. Like, uh, we'll go to that steakhouse by there, uh, the guy that works at United. And we hang out there, and she was like, a, I don't, nobody really knows what's happened, but she was like, you know, they, 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 like a Tommy gun into her car, like 12 shots. Uh, I mean, maybe we'll find out she was up to something or whatever, but, you know, that's right by the John Bon Jovi rest area that I take a nap in all the time. That's making me uptight. I don't want to bother my slumber when I'm coming from the shore. Come on, man. What's going on here? That's supposed to be my safe place, the John Bon Jovi rest area. Everybody knows that. Meanwhile, these two things are happening. They're, you know, they have those migrant protests. So I was complaining on the Tuesday show. These migrants are complaining of the hotel conditions that they're in. Can you fucking believe this, right? They're complaining about the hotel conditions. They're making a stakeout. The reason I'm angry about it is because it's right by my parking garage. So I'm like, God damn it is another thing. And I'm like, maybe I don't know what migrants are. And I'm like, how, where do they get the nerve to protest? Any? I, 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 I. I'm trying to find, am I wrong? Do I not understand what's going on? Aren't they here illegally? And, and then they're protesting we don't like the food quality? I, 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 I don't understand. But today they had in the paper that it's actually a bunch of legendary troublemakers, like people who complain on Yelp and stuff like that, that are making it worse for the migrants. Like there's people that are saying, you guys, people that do these luxury things normally who are trying to do, make them feel good about themselves. You guys shouldn't have these kind of conditions and they're making all this trouble and I don't think the migrants want any part of it. So when you see people talking, it's not the actual migrants. It's these other people that are saying they're trying to help, but they're making things worse. Because quite frankly, if I was, I guess, a migrant, is that what they're called? I don't even know. But if I'm one of those people that came over the border because I don't want to live in a place, I obviously I'd be thrilled to just be away from this horrible place. Let's just say it was the Holocaust, right? And you're like, thank God, I'll make it to America. I'll take my chances there, right? And then they put you on a bus in New York City, which is like, this sucks because it's cold and it blows. But I'm glad I'm away. The last thing I'd want to do is go on television 
and say I'm unhappy with the conditions here. It's like I kind of knew what I was getting into, and I have to say to myself, thank God we're away from where we would be murdered and my whole family would be killed. But I would not want to go on television and tell everybody, you know, the food here, it's really not the kind of, you know, you're not making the proper Venezuelan food. I mean, Eric Adams, the mayor, has always been saying, we, we don't know what everybody's food, what, what, we're doing the best we can. He's getting really agitated, and you can't blame him because it's kind of, I mean, everybody, this guy from Texas who busses everybody up, I mean, that is hilarious, and why shouldn't he do that? But it is kind of funny to complain. Um, Just one thing. The room service here is not as great. Anyway, this other thing today, uh, this guy Doug Schoen wrote a book, uh, a memoir about President Clinton that I guess comes out today. Power, the 50 Truths, the Definitive Insider's Guide. And what he talks about is that Bill Clinton and everybody involved, was so distracted by the Monica Lewinsky case that that is how he missed what was going on with Osama bin Laden, and that is how 9-11 happened. So in the book, they're blaming Monica Lewinsky for 9-11. I love it. I mean, I feel horrible for this poor girl. As you know, I have met her. She is nothing but a delight, but there is... I believe that 100%. There is no way he was able to concentrate on certain things that must have slipped by while he's trying to defend his own life and family thanks to the Monica Lewinsky scandal. But it is hilarious to blame Monica Lewinsky now for 9-11. It's horrible and hilarious, and it would be funny. Well, not funny, but if I saw her again, I'm like, you know, you're the reason 9-11 happened. What? Yeah, that's right. But that would be rude because, like I said, she's just trying to get that poor girl's trying to get her life together. And I think she has. But can you imagine? There are kids that probably don't know anything about her. My students probably don't know who she is. So if she came to the school, she would just be sitting there as a normal person. Nobody would bother her. But that's got to be tough. You're always going to be remembered. And now it's even worse. There's always going to be a book or something reflecting the case and. Me, it's funny I bring it up today because remember the girl that played Monica Lewinsky on that TV show started in Funny Girl, but that girl was so bad, Beanie, whatever her name is, that Leah Michelle is charging $800 a ticket. I can guarantee you that Beanie, whatever her name is, was not getting $800 a ticket. That's what my sister and I were talking about. Well, what happens on Thursdays when Leah Michelle's not there? Are the tickets 100 bucks? They are. They're $199. When Leah Michelle is not in the show. Now, who the fuck would want to go on a Thursday? I don't know. Now, when Beanie Felch and whatever her stupid name is was in the show, everybody was going to see the understudy. But this makes no sense. Who would go on a Thursday? It'd be like going to see Hello, Dolly with Bette Midler and not going on the day she's there. So I don't know, but I guess if you can get a cheaper ticket, then you go because you want to see Funny Girl. Who the hell wants to see Funny Girl? I don't even know what it's about. I don't even care. I am going to see Leah Michelle in Funny Girl. If she was in something else, I'd probably go see that. You're welcome. Yeah, here's one of the girls. Her name is uh, Talia Jane, was fired from Yelp in 2016 after posting an open letter to the company's chairman in which she complained about not making enough money as a customer service representative for its 
food delivery affiliate in San Francisco. So she's a troublemaker. She wasn't working for Yelp. She just happened. I mean, what an asshole. Although she bills herself on Twitter as an independent reporter covering policy, policy, covering policing extremism and activism all over. I mean, she's, yeah, she's just, she's not hired by anybody. She's. Jane was also called out Thursday by the mayor's office of immigrant affairs over a tweet that criticized it for accusing people practicing basic safety habits to avoid being harassed by bigots and racists. I don't even know what they're talking about, but they, they called her out. Are you an activist or a journalist? The agency tweeted. It's unclear to us. So there's a whole bunch. They, they cite out four people that are making things extremely uncomfortable for the situation. They're making things worse, not better. Although they claim that they're doing this for the people, but everybody else is saying, no, you're just causing trouble. You're all a bunch of Karens making trouble for everybody else. You're escalating the problem that we need to fix because it's a we're doing the best we can. We're setting up these makeshift places so people don't have to be in the cold or whatever, and you're making it worse. I mean, it's a terrible situation. And I can't even imagine having a kid involved with that. I hope they're not sleeping outside. Want everybody to come into the country legally, but I understand also trying to flee persecution. So everybody's just trying to do the best everybody can. So everybody's got to relax a little bit until we figure out what the hell to do. I heard that all these other these other people, migrants, flew in from Canada. They flew to Canada, and then they tried to cross the border to the U.S., and then they got busted. Why don't they stay in Canada? That, that seems like a pretty good place to hang out. I never heard of any problems over there. Why don't they just stay in Canada? Canada seems cool with people. That doesn't seem like a horrible place to live, Canada. Maybe I should move there. Vancouver seems nice. I've never been there. It seems okay. I've, it seems pretty. They got a sports team. I think just a hockey team. Figure any place that's at least got one sports team. Then you can really get into it. You know, it's very difficult here in New York. There's three hockey teams, two baseball teams, two football teams, two basketball teams. I don't know who to root for. I mean, I do, but I don't. You know, it's still annoying because there's other people who live in the same city that don't care what I like. I want to be in a city where everybody's rooting for the same thing. You know, move to Nashville. Where everybody's just a Titans fan. I like that. Or Vancouver. You are just a Canucks fan. That's all you are. That's all there is. We all love the Canucks. Or the Seattle Kraken. <laughs> it's just a stupid name for their new hockey team that came out last year. Or was it just this year? The Seattle Kraken. That's a horrible name for a team. Oh, I'm a big Kraken fan. I don't know if you knew. I'm a huge Kraken fan. Huge. Lifelong. Hi, um, uh, my name's Dave. Uh, I'm Dave from uh, uh, Sutton Place, and I'm a huge uh, lifelong tr- uh, Kraken fan. Uh, I would like to ask, do you think that they might make the playoffs this year? I'm calling in a sports station uh, gag. Uh, my friend uh, Dave Elliott is much better. He's so good at pretending to be a caller on one of the sports stations. Hi, uh, first time, long time. Uh, I have a two-part question, and uh, he's able to rattle it off really good. I couldn't put it together as improvisationally as my friend Dave Elliott can, who is a genius at that. Anyway, that is our show for today. Like I said, I didn't really have a bonus show ready. I hadn't taken any photographs. just hadn't gone out because I came home to do podcasts and 
prepare stuff this week. But I ended up getting a whole bunch of shots, so it should be fun. Hey, there's pictures of food and the menu. Isn't that all we really need? There's, I mean, there's pictures of me and there's pictures of food. And this picture, I took a picture of Jolly Bee again. At the port, I was by the Port Authority. What a dump that neighborhood is! So there's definitely plenty of pictures for this week's bonus show, which is always a lot of fun. I, I, I'm enjoying the new way we're doing it, and that's pretty much the show. Let's see this week on Billy Joel. What are we putting out? Two thousand years, I believe, is the song tonight. And don't forget tonight, uh, virtually, all virtually. I will not be in the studio until next week, virtually. We will be on the Comedy Cellar Nightly Show. Also, next week I'll have some information more. I am back at the Comedy Cellar. I will start, I begin. I believe, having a new monthly live show, which I'm very excited about, and I forgot to tell you about it this week. So I'll tell you about it next week, but I'm glad to be back in the good graces of the Comedy Cellar. I mean, I've always been in the good graces, but I, wanted, I want my show back. You know what I'm talking about. So that has made my mental health I was very happy on Wednesday when I found out and I talked to the owner and he said, that sounds like a great idea. Totally changed my whole headspace about it. So it was terrific. So that's all going on and it's great. Uh, We will see each other again on Valentine's Day and I will reveal who my Valentine will be that night as the contest will have ended. I'm kidding. Wouldn't that be funny? I should have done that. Who gets a date with Dave Jessica? It's just like Stripes. Win a date with Ox. Anyway, folks, a great night had by all. Stay warm if you live anywhere on the East Coast this week. And I will see you next week on Valentine's Day at an all-new Just Gow in the City. Good night, everybody. <laughs>